0: Um, well, I'm going to go, we'll just get right into the service tonight. Um, we have been, um, thank you, we have been teaching on a subject called Have Good Success, and we're going to continue that tonight. Um, I just believe, you know, sometimes we go more in depth with things uh, because of the leading of the Spirit, really. We're always open. I mean, we we wouldn't have to do it if God said preach on something else tonight, and I certainly checked in with him. Um so he was good with it, seemed good to him and to us. So we're gonna continue to preach Amen. on this and um you know, I was thinking today a little bit about some of the because because we talked a little bit about the old testament stories, things we probably learned in Sunday school or way back, you know, um uh we talked about uh just you know, Daniel and the Lion's Den, I think we'll talk about him tonight and and some of the other uh, Bible stories that we've heard. But, you know, I never uh really saw how each one of them prospered after the event that they went through, <laughs> you know, after the trouble that they had in their lives or what we read tonight, persecution, Um Different things went on in their lives uh, that I believe the devil tried to do to them. Or, you know, there was a great battle, but there, there's always with God great victory when you have a great battle. Uh, so anyway, but it led to um, a promotion in their lives financially. And they kind of leave that out of the Bible stories, you know i mean yeah. I, I, so I never really thought about it until I really started reading and studying about financial prosperity and success. It's not all about money um, at you know success is is a lot of different uh, characteristics in it yeah. but but we don't need to leave money out of it. Because I don't know if you've gone to the grocery store lately, but it takes money to live, you know. And uh, so God wants us to know his economic system, system so that we can participate in it and see his mighty hand move in our lives. So in saying that, I want you just to know that, you know, we, we're going through some uh, very well-known Bible stories uh, however, uh, I'm trying to emphasize the part of how God blessed them through these things. Through, and some of them were trials. Some of them were um, life-threatening trials, but they came out better and and uh, more prosperous and amazing, amazing positions that they held after the horrible storm or whatever happened. You know, they were elevated in places of government and um, society. And, uh, and, and money and wealth. Amen. So we'll look at Joshua chapter one and just read our foundation scripture and uh, verse eight. It says the book, this is Joshua one eight, the book of this law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night and that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success. So we uh, last week we talked a little bit about the power of a seed. And uh, let's look at that scripture as well. Deuteronomy chapter 8. And we'll just skip right down to verse 18. Deuteronomy 8:18. 8, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. And we talked about that word power. That one of the meanings of that word is seed. He gives you the seed to get wealth and most everything you need. I mean, I don't, I don't always like to use absolute words like, you know, everything you need. But uh, I, it's almost that way with God. You have the seed. Yeah. You Amen. have the. It's in seed form, Amen. and especially in your spirit because your spirit's born of God. So anything you need, you have the seeds for it. Praise God. Uh, you are a rich seedbed <laughs> you know, because you are born of Almighty God. In other words, we're just sack, a sack of seeds. <laughs> Amen? A sack of seeds. Praise the Lord. And uh, so here it says, he gives you power or seed to get wealth that he may establish his covenant which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. Um, now we looked a little bit at some of the stories. We won't go over all of them, but uh, we looked at Joshua and the battle of Jericho and how God required them to give all the spoils of that first city that they took um, to him. And there was a family that didn't do right toward God there. They took the Babylonian garment. You remember the story we read it and, and they hid it and there was silver and gold. And they hid it and the Spirit of God was not pleased with them stealing really what belonged to God. He had asked them for it. And it wasn't like he was trying to get something and you can't have anything. You just stay poor and you give everything to me. It was just the first, which reminds me of the tithe. Amen. The Bible says it's holy and it belongs to him. Uh, so when we honor him with that. Then Malachi says that we're blessed, praise God, the blessing of the Lord. It comes upon us and overtakes us. And the result of that is manifestations of whatever we need. It's, it's tremendous, you know. Yeah. So anyway, we saw that the next battle they fought, Ai, they lost it. And um, Joshua was really upset about it and said, Lord, you know, what's happened here? You said we would win these battles, and look, we've lost. And the Lord said, basically, shut up. <laughs> Somebody's stolen something here, and we got to get this thing right. So they got it all straightened out, and the next time they went to, of course, fight, they had the power upon them to do what they needed to do and won the battle. So uh, we see there that that first city was really a seed that they sowed, to win all these mighty victories. And it's it's a remarkable book to read, the book of Joshua. And I highly admonish you to do that. Uh, and then we saw Ruth. We saw, uh, you know, we won't go over all that. But she came uh, into covenant with God. She said to Naomi, your people will be my people. And then she said, your God will be my God. Now that's the important part right there and uh, of course they were very poor then and they went into uh Boaz into his uh field of harvest and we know that Ruth married him and the whole family was blessed because Boaz it says was a wealthy man praise god god knows where the wealth is on the earth amen and he know you might not marry you know wealth or whatever but god knows the divine connections and it's very important to be led of the Spirit, isn't it? Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I think about um, how the connections with each other are so important that we don't need to ever think that someone's life is not important for us to get to know or to sure. connect with yeah. because, first of all, we're the body of Christ and we need one another, but also so that financial blessing can flow yeah. to one another. Um, you know, John uh, Luke chapter 6 says that give and it shall be given unto us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men, right. shall men give into your life. And so if you don't know anybody or if you're isolating you know, at your house and never speaking to anybody and never calling anybody and never really being with people, it's going to be really hard for somebody to get to you. Come on. Amen. To bless you. And that's I think that's one reason church is so important. Praise God. I I told y'all not too long ago, um, one of the services that uh this wonderful lady came by our church and the Spirit of God said she looked at our sign and the Spirit of God said, This is where you're supposed to go to church. This was years ago and so she did. She started coming by herself and Faithful and, and just tithe and just was a blessing and everybody loved her. And then her, she got news that her mother needed her to in Birmingham. She needed to go help her mother. Well, the Spirit of God spoke to my mother because my mother had a house in Birmingham to give this woman that house. So she could go up there and live and take care of her mother. Now, you know, you think about that. If she hadn't obeyed the Lord and come to the church... That all this took place in she I don't know, um, you know, maybe God would have supplied, I don't know, maybe not, because she might have missed out on that opportunity. Amen, And so it just pays to obey the Lord, and we don't always know the future. sometimes we don't even know what we're going to need. She didn't know at that time she was going to have to move to Birmingham. Amen, but God knew, and he had the supply right there for her. In the local church. So it's important to go to to your local church. Amen. Go to church. Meet people. Because your blessing could be right there. Or, even better, you could be a blessing right there. You could be the one that gives the house. Amen. And I'm telling you, that's when it really gets fun. Is when you get to give. Amen. Hallelujah. So we see um, that Ruth and Boaz, they were... Very wealthy. And then we talked about the widows in first kings and second kings and how they had that little seed. They didn't even think it was big, you know, but seed is small, right? You think about sunflower seeds or, or pumpkin seeds. They're small, but they have life in them. Amen. And the good thing about this word and God's word even spoken to you is it has his life in it. He has his life and that's incorruptible seed. And it will bring forth a tremendous harvest. It, you know, it might not be right then, the next week. It might be the next week. It has happened to me before. But it could be five years or even ten years down the road. But I'm telling you, God's seed brings forth a harvest. Amen. So um, let's sow his seed in our heart. Now look at First Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17, and you know this is another story we're all familiar with, but I'm going to point out some things here. 1 Samuel chapter 17, uh, verse 4. And a champion went out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits in a span, almost ten feet. This is the amplified, sorry, Jersey, <laughs> amplified. He had a bronze helmet on his head wore a coat of mail, and the coat weighed 5,000 shekels of bronze. So he was a little bit intimidating, wouldn't you think? Uh, (laughs) I mean, sometimes you face things in life you think, Whoa, this is way bigger than I am. Right? Right? But you know what? It's not bigger than God, is it? He was just an ant compared to God. So um, verse 8, Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why have you come out to draw up? For the battle, I am a Philistine, and are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. And then, of course, you know, nobody wanted to go. Verse 11, when Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. And that's where we have to build ourselves up in the word. Amen. Because fear is very real. It's very real. We can't deny that it's not there because it's there and it's very real. And we can get dismayed. We can get discouraged and fearful. And these things happen. But I tell you what, when we when that happens to us, I think we need to go to church and get edified. Amen. Start remembering who you are in Christ. And then also remember our covenant with God. And that's what David said when he came. Look at verse 17. And Jesse said to David, his son, take for your brothers an ephah of this parched grain and ten loaves and carry them quickly to your brothers at the camp. And take these ten cheeses, going to have a little party, right, <laughs> to the uh, captain of their thousand. And look how they fare. I'm going to go back to Amplified and bring some token for them from them now now Saul and the brothers uh, and all the men of Israel were in this valley fighting with the Philistines and David rose up the next morning and left the sheep with a keeper took provisions and went to Jesse uh, as Jesse had commanded him and then we see you know he saw the encampments he saw the Philistines he saw the Israel the Israelites and look at verse 25 And the Israelites said, Have you seen this man who has come out? Surely he has come out to defy Israel. And the man who kills him, uh, the king will enrich. Notice here, some enrichment. With great riches. And will give him his daughter and make his father's house free from taxes and service in Israel. Now, wouldn't you like to live free from taxes? Praise God. I mean, just that in itself is worth something, isn't it? But great riches and a, you know, wonderful, uh, female daughter we see here. And then, you know, this is going to the man. Well, David said to the man standing by him, what shall be done? (laughs) Can you say that again? What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach of Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And then you know that um, what happened here. But um, David, you know, just brought that food to the camp. Just a simple little errand. And look what happened. Obeying his father. And then, uh, of course, we know that he had a slingshot and stones. That he fought the enemy with. He didn't feel comfortable in Saul's armor and said, you know, take that off. I'm going to uh, use these five stones and this. And then he said to Goliath, after Goliath tried to, again, intimidate him, he said uh, in verse, let's see. Verse 47, and the assembly saw uh, shall know that the Lord saveth not with a sword and a spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Amen. And he did, praise God. And then, you know, that not only meant great riches, etc., for him, but it also meant that that whole army, that whole nation was set free in that moment because they were going to become slaves. So, you know, when God moves like that, it's not just about us. It really does affect a lot of people when the Spirit of God moves like this. And so that's why it's so important, I believe, to hear from God and to be obedient. Yes, Amen. Um, so uh we'll move on. Let's go to. uh Let's go to. Second Corinthians chapter nine, and we read this last week. Second Corinthians chapter nine, over into the New Testament. I want you to see that um, verse six: "He that's, uh, but, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully." Every man, according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. As it is written, he hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remains forever. Now, he that ministereth seed to the sower, see, that's something that you have to look for in your life. Because he's really given us already a lot of seed. But then sometimes he'll give you financial seed or uh, he'll give you an idea that's a seed. Yeah. He'll give you things that seem insignificant, but are very, very significant because once you plant it, then it, it has, you know, a new life there that comes forth. Amen. Um, I remember when we built our first church building, we didn't have any money. <laughs> you know, aren't you glad you can do things by faith? Amen. Wow. We didn't have any money. And uh, we had gotten some property, but that was it. And, you know, we were anxious to build and start the building. Um, and so we were just in prayer. And the Lord said, have a uh, have a groundbreaking and invite the mayor and invite the city councilman, you know. And and we said, we can't do that. We don't have any money to start the church, you know. And the Spirit of God said, you have enough money to buy a shovel. There you go. There you go. Yeah. And so, you know, that's all we needed really was a shovel. Yeah. And we had, you know, we got some gold paint and painted it gold and put a big ribbon on it. And that's all we had to buy that day. Isn't that something? Yeah. But that act of faith started something. I believe it was a seed that we sowed to have things in action start happening. Praise God. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to do something that God says to do uh to to make it act to, to activate it. To activate the the miracle or the the harvest. Praise God. So he'll give you seed and maybe sometimes, if you're struggling with something, it would be really good to say, "Where's the seed, Lord? Is it is it words I need to say? Maybe it's a verse in the Bible that I need to continually say. Maybe it's a financial gift, uh, a extra gift to the church or to a ministry. Or maybe you know, it could be all kinds. Seeds can be all kind come in all kind of forms. Amen." But, um, he does give seed to the sower, so we you can ask him about that ask him where 's the seed here I, I've heard through the years, as you have probably that sometimes we become so need minded that we need to become more seed minded because really, God meets all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus so Seeds are what we really need to ask the Lord about what is where where's the seed here that needs to be planted? Praise God, and then He ministers bread, look at that for your food and and I remember you know, way back we'd say, don't eat your seed and don't sow your bread right? Some of it's for you, and you know if you give it all. Then, and God didn't tell you to give it all. Sometimes He will. I've had that happen to me. You know, empty your bank account or your savings account. But sometimes, you know, we do that emotionally and it's not going to have the same effect. Again, you know, I have a little story about that. Way back, my, my parents had bought me this really nice coat and it was beautiful and I loved it. And, uh, I had a friend that said, Scarlett, I love that coat. And she happened to be my brother's girlfriend. And so she said, I just really like it. And I said, well, thank you. You know, my brother told me later, he said, if you were a Christian, you would give that coat to her. (laughs) And I thought, well, I am a Christian, you know. So I gave the coat to her out of pure pressure, you know, (laughs) pure pressure. I gave it. And, um, froze all winter because i didn't have a coat and she never wore it because it didn't fit her right you know and i thought this has taught me a lesson i'm not going to let people pressure me into giving anything that i have away amen we don't do it under compulsion you know the bible says we don't do it when people are pressuring us we do We do when we're cheerful and we are cheerful when the Spirit of God speaks to us about something. Amen. And I'm telling you, sometimes it can be uncomfortable when He says, I want you to give this. But if you just let, just let that, the word marinate, let that go around in your spirit for a little while and make sure, you know, if you're not sure that that's the Spirit of God, sleep on it. Amen. It'll get stronger if it's God. It'll get stronger. You'll say, oh, I know I need to do this. This is it. Um, or talk to somebody that you trust, that knows about the Spirit of God and the leading of the Holy Ghost. Because you don't need to let people or, uh, you know, talk you out of stuff or put pressure on you or say, the Lord told, oh, that's the worst thing. The Lord told me that you're supposed to give me a $1,000. Wait a minute, right? Mm, yeah. So, uh, it's, you know, under compulsion's not good, but by the Spirit of God is tremendous. So we don't eat our seed and we, um, uh, we don't eat our seed and we don't sow our bread. Amen? Don't feel bad about enjoying things that God gives you. Yeah. Enjoy it. Amen? That's what the Bible says He gives you richly all things to enjoy. Praise God. Don't feel bad that you have something that somebody else doesn't have it. Believe God with them that they'll get it. What I should have done is said, you know, I'm going to pray for her a coat, but this is mine. <laughs> you know? Somebody gave my parents gave me this and this is my coat. And you can certainly believe God was somebody to get their coat. Amen. Amen. Um, so anyway, you do you see that principle? It's very important. Get You know what seed and you know what's bread and the spirit of God will show you. The difference between the two. And then when you sow, when you do sow your seed, it says that he will multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. So he's not saying you sow it and you'll never see it again. He's saying it's multiplied. Your life will be enriched in everything and bountifulness. These are big words, aren't they? And then joyfulness and thanksgiving to God. Praise the Lord. Look what God has done. Amen. So uh, that's that's New Testament right there. Right. So we can see um how God moves so beautifully in seed and harvest. Now, let's look at Ecclesiastes. I want you to see here, um, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and um, verse 1. Everything, you know this, uh, probably have heard it at weddings, etc. To everything, there is a season, maybe at funerals, a time to every purpose under the heaven. Now, one thing I want you to see here is a time, that word also means opportunity. It means opportunity. Now, because sometimes when you read through this, you get a little, what does my husband say? Um, Calvinistic. (laughs) There's the time for this, the time for that, time for this. But if you read it opportunity, it really makes us pay attention to what's going on in our lives because God opens doors of opportunity. He really does. Now, the devil, the devil will try stuff too, but when you're listening to the Spirit of God, you'll see doors of opportunity that God is opening for you. And um, when when we see that happening, we need to be bold. Praise God! It takes boldness to walk through that door of opportunity. So let's read it this way: To everything there is a season, an opportunity to every purpose under the heaven, an opportunity to be born. An opportunity to die. An opportunity to plant. And an opportunity to pluck up that which is planted. An opportunity to kill. An opportunity to heal. An opportunity to break down and an opportunity to build up. An opportunity to weep and an opportunity to laugh. An opportunity to mourn and an opportunity to dance. An opportunity to cast away stones and an opportunity to gather stones together. An opportunity to embrace and an opportunity to reframe from embracing. An opportunity to get and an opportunity to lose. An opportunity to keep and an opportunity to cast away. An opportunity to rent and an opportunity to sow. And an opportunity to keep silence and an opportunity to speak. An opportunity to love and an opportunity to hate. An opportunity of war and an opportunity of peace. So it's interesting when you insert that word, isn't it? Because it gives us a little more of what the Lord says. I set before you life and death. Choose life, right? Choose life. When these opportunities come to speak, think about that, to speak. And you think, oh, I don't really have anything to say, or I don't really, what I say is not important, or... Uh, you know, we've had some people who have lost their loved ones in the last couple of weeks. And David, you know, for one of them had kind of a word from the Lord, not kind of a word. He had a word from the Lord. And, uh, you know, those kind of things really bring comfort to people and really bring a blessing. But sometimes it takes boldness to call and say, you know, the spirit of God showed me this and, you know, you judge it and everything. But this is what he showed me. And. It can really be comforting. It's a, it's for comfort. Amen. Part of the gifts of the spirit are for comfort. And so, um, those, those times, those opportunities are, uh, sometimes, um, there, there's a window there, you know, and if you miss the window, then you have to believe God for more opportunities. But sometimes those windows of opportunity, if you just go ahead and step through that or be bold. Amen uh it can really bring a blessing to others and to yourself so what am i saying in all that i'm saying with with you know with god's leading remember these opportunities come and we just have to be aware of it and have to be bold and and take that opportunity amen um, i remember years ago uh, gloria copeland had um, written me a letter and she she wanted me to write an article For their magazine, the Voice of Victory magazine. This was years and years ago. And, you know, it was a it was a really wonderful opportunity. You know, anybody would think that except me. (laughs) I I, I thought it was an opportunity, but I thought. I don't have anything to say. What have I, what have I got to say that anybody hasn't already taught from the pulpit or preach or, you know, you start, uh, not you maybe, but I start thinking, I don't have anything important to say. So I told her, I said, thank you for asking me, but this, this minister would really have something to say. So maybe you should ask them instead, which she did. But then later on through the years, I got a little wiser about, <laughs> you know, yes, everybody has, diff- you know, might say the same thing, but you're going to say it in a different way. Yeah. It's going to come from a different perspective. There's going to be a little more uh and, you know, inspiration from some than others. Uh Even the the offices that you stand in, if you stand in the office of a pastor, things are going to come across a little different than if you stand in the office of a prophet. Amen. Yeah. So even if David and I, preached exactly the same scriptures one Sunday. Uh, you know, I got up first and preached them all, and he got up first. It would be totally different. Amen? And thank God, because the Spirit of God's on us all to minister in that way. Uh, but I finally learned that, that, you know, it wasn't because I was so high and mighty and wonderful and could uh, be an orator and writer and everything. It was just because um, the Spirit of God has called me to ministry. And I need to be writing and and speaking, amen. amen. So I uh, uh, so I got a hold of Terry uh, Foy's um Vision One Oh One, and I re- recommend that for everybody. And one of the things she said is, you know, if you have uh, a desire, sometimes you just need to ask if you can do it or ask it for it. And she used the uh, the um. I know this is a little off subject, but I pray for utterance tonight. So maybe this will bless somebody. <laughs> um, she used the analogy that when she was first doing her TV broadcast, she said it just cost so mon- much money to wear a different outfit every day on the broadcast. So she said she had an idea that she could um, ask the boutique that she liked in Texas if they would loan her the clothes and then she could. Advertise for them on the the broadcast, the television, and so she said, I you know was so nervous, but I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna ask them. You know, she goes in the store and she asks for the manager, and she said, Do you think you know this is my broadcast? This is how many people I reach every day, and do you think y'all could loan me the clothes to wear, and then I could advertise for you? And the manager goes, Sure. (laughs) It was that fast, and she's got all these free clothes to wear. Um, on the, you know, on the television. So that, that was the thing she said. Sometimes you just need to ask. Amen. Yeah. So I got brave and I, I have a friend at Kenneth Copeland Ministries and that's one of the higher ups. And I, I called him and I said, your mom, it was John Copeland. I might as well say it now. I said, your mom. Sorry. I wasn't going to say it, but anyway, I said, your mom asked me years ago to write an article for the, uh, voice of victory and I didn't do it because I was stupid. So I wanna, I wanna write one now. He goes, okay. <laughs> Just like that. So, and this was several years ago. And so, uh, anyway, I wrote it and they, and John told me later, he told the person, he said, just put it in there, even if it isn't any good, just put it in there. <laughs> and he said, but Scarlett, I read it, and it was really good. I said, thanks a lot, John. I Appreciate that. But anyway, anyway, um, so sometimes, you know, the opportunity is to ask for something. And I think that, you know, there's a time to ask, and then there's a time to refrain from asking, too. But but sometimes it's all right to ask, and especially if you feel the leading of the Lord. Amen? Praise God. Um, so the, these opportunities arise, and we need to walk through those doors and use those opportunities that God asked uh, for. Okay, one more, one more person, and then we're going to go. Daniel chapter 6. Because I told you I was going to talk about him for a minute. Daniel chapter 6. And, um, he, of course, here is, uh, praying every day. This is verse, chapter 6, verse 10. Kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying, giving thanks. Well, they didn't want him to pray anymore. They wanted him to bow down to the, the, uh, king. Yeah. And he said no. And so, we see that he was cast into the lion's den. And um, let's see if we can read verse 19. The king was not thrilled with this. He really liked Daniel. He said, the king arose very early in the morning and went out in haste into the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with lamentable voice unto Daniel and said, And the king spoke to to and said to Daniel, "O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God, whom thou servest continually, able to deliver thee from the lions?" And Daniel said unto the king, "O king, live forever. My God hath sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths, that they have no hurt; they have not hurt me, forasmuch as before him in a seat." Innocent, I'm sorry, I'm rushing. I should just slow down, shouldn't I? Innocency. Innocency was found in me. And also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. And the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no manner of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. Yes. And the king commanded and they brought those men that had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the den of lions, them, their children, and their wives. You've got to be careful who you marry, right?
1: <laughs> and the
0: lions had the mastery of them and break all their bones in pieces and every and ever they came at the bottom of the den. So before they even hit the den the bottom of the den, they were torn into pieces. That means these were hungry animals. That Daniel had slept with all night. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And you know, the I love the fact that he was asleep. That reminds me of Jesus being in this asleep in that boat in the storm. You know, you can sleep through trials and temptations and horrible things, right? We can get a good night's sleep. Praise God. Amen. And then um, so we read on, and it says that um Daniel um uh, verse 20, the last verse there. can't see because the light, but the last verse of the chapter, 28. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius, in the king, in the reign of Sirius the Persian. So in a foreign country, he wasn't even, you know, again, of the right race. I'm telling you, God is not into race. He doesn't care what you look like. Amen. He doesn't care what your background is or what your culture is. He could care less. In fact, I think he cares more about, you know, people who are uh, down and out yeah. about, you know, race. Because this was, you know, Daniel, they were in captivity and all. Yeah. Um, but he, he raised him up, didn't he? Yeah. And he prospered in that land. Amen. Wow. And And it was a lot. We won't go into finding all that that he got. But, I mean, he, as we say, racked up. Amen. <laughs> I'm telling you, God is in the blessing business. And it's almost like when the devil attacks you and tries to bring harm to your life, if you just put your trust like Daniel, put your trust in God, it's amazing how that thing can turn around and then turn out for your good, too. And you know, it's just amazing how God can do it when it looks like the end. It's not the end with Him. Amen. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time that we can look to your word and, and gain hope and encouragement and to see, Father, with man, things are impossible, but not with you. All things are possible with you. And Lord, I pray not only for those here tonight, but those listening on live stream. And I thank you. Lord, that your word is true in our lives, that the covenant of prosperity stands strong in all of our lives. And I thank you, Lord, that people uh, facing if if you're facing a lot of bills, if you're facing a lot of debt or struggling along and can't uh, seem to make it work, look up, look up to God and. I thank you, Father, you show them, you give them wisdom and understanding, and you show them the way of escape, and I thank you, Lord, for the blessing of the Lord, the empowerment upon their lives to prosper and to succeed. We thank you for it tonight, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Amen. Let's stand up and sing a little chorus to go out on, to uh, give us some uh, victory here today, Amen.